All right. We got Austin Ferris and Charlie Moore, episode one of Booking It, working title. I like that title. Charlie, how you doing? I'm good. I want to start by saying thank you to all of our loyal listeners. And if anyone is interested in what Austin's decor looks like, he's got a large Kings banner in his room. And he has a true microphone, which is truly impressive in the Zoom age. They're not going to be able to see it. That's why I got it. That's why I'm giving them this verbal picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a bunch of other cooler things in here too. <laughs> so episode one, we're doing Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So book one of three. A little confusing title, given that they say Lord of the Rings and then Fellowship of the Ring. So did you buy the, you can get a version where it's all three of the books in one. Mm. Is that the one you have? No, that's a little too economical for me. I had the single purchase, <laughs> uh, but I liked, I had, it was a great design on the book. So you I felt get, more comfortable with it. You can get all three for like 20 bucks. In, wow. You get the three in one. That's impressive. I uh, must add that we tried reading The Hobbit and yeah. I read it. Charlie bailed on it. Yeah. The Hobbit's interesting because it's interesting when you have two books, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, written by the same guy, theoretically, but so different in terms of tone and taste. And it's it's almost surprising that they're written by the same person. Obviously, one's more of like a kid's book, but it's kind of cool to see. I mean, at least after I read The Lord of the Rings first, and then trying to read The Hobbit, it felt like I was going back and watching LeBron in high school or something because it's just like, okay, well, after 20 years of writing, he had written this awesome Lord of the Rings. And it's kind of funny to go back and read the first thing after you've seen what he ends up being in the end, like how good he is. I don't know. I just, it almost felt weird to read it after. Uh-huh. But it, it probably is good if I had just stuck with it. <laughs> so why why did we want to – you came to me and said that you wanted to read Lord of the Rings, and I said that that had been on my list forever. So why did you want to read this? Well, I've never read anything, or I, I'd never seen the movies either. And it seems like that's a real gaping hole in my uh... – in my lexicon of knowledge and you know what else i had not read any harry potters until my junior year of college and then i read all of them and they were money then i realized well if you all have lord of the rings too maybe i just need to be reading those as well so that's where my mind was at i'm definitely there's a sense of urgency for me on this one because of the show that amazon's doing Oh, interesting. Like, that'll be sweet. Like, we can watch the movies after we read the books, too. Wow. But All that IP pressure. They know what they're doing. They're, they're pushing P. <laughs> uh, so the way that you described The Hobbit, in that it was, like, kind of slow, kind of boring, maybe, like, LeBron, when he's 17 years old, not really at the peak of his powers... I feel like that still applies to Fellowship of the Ring. Whoa. At least in the beginning. Okay. So I actually felt like it a little differently, but 
to me, it was like, it's like watching Citizen Kane and like how everyone tells you that it's the best thing ever. And I get that it's cool because like Tolkien basically invents the fantasy genre as we know it. But I don't really have a grasp on what fantasy books were like before that. You know, like everyone's like talking about Citizen Kane and how, um, you know, it's like changed the way storytelling was done with like different, uh, different timelines going at the same time and the way that they were physically filming. And like, I have no sense of what the context was. So I have like, I don't know what my standards are supposed to be like, you know? Mm. I feel like the, like the Fellowship of the Ring and the Hobbit is generally just, it's a question of like pacing because ostensibly the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy has the same amount of like story as the Hobbit, but the Hobbit's just going and the Lord of the Rings is like really slow. So it's interesting that like, theoretically as he's getting older it's getting longer or like more in depth rather than just moving quickly from thing to thing and i feel like you're seeing it more clearly but there is like a distinct disadvantage of like let's say hobbits like everybody now knows you know what like a what a hobbit would look like and if you were going to write a book you could just say like a hobbit but he has to like actually describe it in its entirety because theoretically nobody knows what that is at that point and that's true tolkien ip because I was reading about this Dungeons and Dragons lawsuit because Dungeons and Dragons called their short like characters hobbits and the Tolkien estate, they did not have any of that. So, so there was a long suit ending in the Dungeons and Dragons were calling it halflings, right? But that's a good example where it's like, obviously once you've created those types of characters, the, the rest of the world can then just say the word and everyone has an image in their mind. But if you're kind of writing it for the first time, it's going to be slower, but I'll be wondering if in the second book, this is a real thing I'm curious about in the second book is that now theoretically that everything's been established. What's the pacing going to feel like in that second book? And maybe it will feel faster than the first one because there's not going to be a long exposition at the beginning. Cause you're already just starting in the action. Like you're starting on page 150 of book one. So I wonder if that's going to be a, a big change from the first book going into the second one. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Citizen Kane twice and neither time I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Pretty eh on Orson Welles. No, I actually thought this book like really picks up. I, th- I thought it was kind of boring. And then the Balrog shows up and then it's just like action. And like you said, the pacing really picks up the whole. Um, you have Smeagol, Golem following them around and it's like but the way that he writes it it's like footsteps and bulby eyes like they don't really explain it until the end of the book when he has that conversation with um aragorn and um it's actually kind of spooky as you're reading it like it's good it's a good horror vibe yeah which um which said like of the places you've been to so far in the book, which one do you think sounded the most interesting between like the Shire and the elf town with all the trees and stuff and the big mountain? Like what, what place would you be most interested to see like what it looks like in the movie or something or, or was most, most capturing your imagination? I mean, the Shire is like, that's written to be like the idyllic British like vibes place. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what that is. That'd be cool. That's in like New Zealand, I think. 
Gotcha. I, I like when the, all the fireworks are going off at the beginning. Like just the description of like, it's a cool way to like, like obviously you have to introduce into the world that it's like a magical world, you know? And so how are you going to do that? Because you're not just going to say, and by the way, people could do magic in this world. I thought it was a cool way to introduce the idea that the characters could do magic, that it's like there's this fireworks show, but then the fireworks are doing these things, which you could never do without magic. Have you and not seen was, the movies? I had not seen the movies. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, I liked how at the beginning of the book, they're describing the fireworks and it's like, okay, so something strange is happening in this, in this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Quick, quick nit to pick. Why does everything sound the same? All the people? Saruman and Sauron. Okay, that yeah, that that actually was tripping me up so heavy. That's that's a bad that's a bad sure, I like read those wrong a couple of times. And then you have Moria and Mordor. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not even just like if you submit a book in like modern times, they'll tell you not to have like a single character with like the same first letter. And saying Sauron and Saruman or whatever, it's that's just like truly to have the two yeah. most evil characters, like they're the two they're just so related. Like I thought they were one guy probably for the first 200 pages, <laughs> which is on me. That's on me. But Okay, also a note on pacing. I'm like a third of the way through the second book. Uh-huh. And it, it's pretty good. It's much better. It, they it just you. keep ripping. Yeah. <laughs> which of the like races of people between dwarves, elves, hobbits all of these things would would you also want to be you think i mean the elves the men are like written to be like scummy right and then the elves are like dope and like from from the earth i feel like nature is like super like the way that they've idealized nature and kind of made it like everything that has to do with nature is good mm-hmm are we going to sound like such noobs since we don't know what happens in the second and third books? <laughs> yeah, I watched the movies um, when I got my appendix out. So I was on morphine. So I don't remember it very well, but I've seen them. And it was great when you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to roll in book two. Got to okay. start reading. Something... You know what I'm reading right now? I'm reading this combination. Lord of the Flies... And liar's poker. And there's no there's no way to get a crazier image of humanity than those two books at the same time. Every single person's crazy. Um was never a huge Lord of the Flies guy. I read Liar's Poker in like tenth grade uh-huh. when I had no idea how finance worked. Uh-huh. And you read Liar's Poker and I feel like you think that that's just like what all your friends are doing in investment banking. Uh-huh is like living this gnarly sick life and in actuality they're just on excel in their room until two in the morning did it make you want to do it or not want to do it when you read the book yeah when i was in 10th grade i was like thought that would be sick yeah i feel you what what, what's your takeaway from it i'm only 100 in okay but it's definitely exciting can i get a michael lewis take out of you what do you think i don't like the podcast i don't like the podcasts and one time I watched him with this interview with Malcolm Godwell and he was so angry. But uh, I like the writing. Like it's very nice writing, I think. 
I, th- I, I agree on your podcast take. His podcast kind of sucks. Yeah, we, we do better. He's, he's, above, he's a t- couple tiers above Gladwell to me. Okay. No Kahneman. No okay. Kahneman. <laughs> um, hey, what did you think about the boy going back to, to fellowship? Tom Bombadil. Do you remember this man's in the is forest? This, yeah. Did you, that's interesting because after watching the first movie, after I finished the book, they completely cut him out, right? Like they don't even have that part in the book. He, he's movie. not in the movie. So it's interesting because going to like the pacing point, you basically have like 50 pages that are unnecessary. Like you can, you can get the whole story without even touching that part. It's like, which is kind of like an odd moment because you have an obstacle they kind of overcome it, but nothing's different after they get past that part of the forest. I'm le- so I, I, I'm kind of interested to see. Maybe he'll come back later or something. But do you care about the lore? Like, are you? How are you engaging with where they are? Like, do you know where they are whenever no. when they're telling the story? No, I've looked to the map a couple of times in the back of the book, but it's kind of hard to see in the map. I I, I have the digital copy on my computer that i'm checking mm-hmm. i'm cross-checking but like if i'm reading in bed i'm not mm-hmm. getting out of bed to look at the map mm. yeah true i just have no idea what's going on and where they are yeah i feel like all i knew is that there was a big mountain between the, the beginning of the book and the in the second half <laughs> <laughs> also all the elves sound the same yeah feel that i'm gonna look you know like um the two friends that kind of like go along for the ride not sam Gangji, but the other guys yeah like pippin and mary like are you like i feel like those could just be one guy because it seems like they just kind of talk similarly also and don't seem to be different maybe they'll be maybe that will change in the next week so i haven't seen them do anything like particular like it seems like they're the same person Totally agree with that take in book one. They do some they do some mad character development. Oh, okay. That's that's a big that's a new moment for for me. Yeah. Book two, they're like splitting everybody up and like having them do their own kind of adventures. So they need they just need more cooks in the kitchen, you know? Mm. Who's who's the most interesting so far in book two? The the, whose plot line is most exciting? Uh well, I don't want to spoil it for you. All right, I'll okay. I mean, I'll plug my ears. You can tell everybody else. It's Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf comes back from the dead, bro. <laughs> Ooh, I, okay, I love that Loki. Yeah, you got to see that coming because that guy. Everyone's talking about that guy. I'm like, dude, he was in there for like two pages. Like, dude, yeah. you knew he had to come back. He, yeah, his cultural relevant. You can't kill the guy. It's like knowing how relevant he is. You know that he's just untouchable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fact. At least until, you know, it's like Dumbledore. Dumbledore doesn't get killed until the sixth book. So, like, Gandalf, you could probably kill him off, like, end of book two, maybe halfway through book three yeah. in that range if you wanted to. But not, not book one. What do you think of hobbits as a general species, just being short? Are they, are they men? They're kind of just short guys, right? Are they their own thing? Yeah. I'm wondering unclear. if they have any power outside of just being shorter, being more compact. They're eating a lot for how small they are. Got to give them credit for that. You know, this is pre-Instagram, so 
less worried about pre pre Barry's boot camp. <laughs> like you really don't have to worry about it. That makes sense. That's that's old English stuff. All right, you want to do Durant Corner for a couple minutes? Uh, well, or let's, we do let's it be another honest. time. Here's my here's here's my real question: is is that? Let's say that here's my like. Let's try and live in a world where Harden rather than Durant switches to the Warriors in 2016. Right? They're going to win a couple of championships. They would win whoever came and took that spot. And Harden's a great scorer. He can he can play on the ball. Curry can move, shoot threes. So let's just assume that Harden goes to the Warriors for two years, okay, and wins two championships, right? And then his statistical resume and Durant's are basically the same. MVP winner, scoring 30 points a game every year, you know, winning tons of regular season games. Are all of us saying Harden's the 10th best player of all time or the 15th best player of all time because he won these two championships? My only question is, are Harden and Durant that different outside of those two years? If you just took those two years out of the world and you weren't allowed to talk about them, are they that different? And if so, why Like, why would you figure like, oh, this player is great because he won two championships, but basically anyone could have went and done that and been part of those Warriors teams. I think what Barkley said really is true that like winning a championship is about winning a championship, not being on a championship team. And when you, when you look back, I was looking at the list. Since 1980, right, every single championship team has had one of, you know, Bird, Magic, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, the crazy Pistons team that you can't really – in 2004, Kobe or Shaq, um, Isaiah Thomas or LeBron or Curry, basically every single year. And it's just like that's what it means when people talk about championships is that like only these guys who are top players of all time have ever won their championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it means to be like a championship player. And I'm just saying Harden and Durant aren't those guys. Like they're, they're the great, they're great players. They're probably, Durant's probably one of the 20 best players of all time. But the reason that they talk about the top 10 in terms of bird magic, Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, these kinds of guys and Kareem, all those guys it's because they were winning those championships. Like they were the ones winning the championship. And I just don't think it makes sense to extend that logic to people who show up and win the championship on a random team. Because if Harden shows up and wins on those titles on the Warriors, is now he a great player? He's clutch. He won those two titles and everything else doesn't matter. I just think that's stupid. And like Durant has had great players on his team always, but like he hasn't won outside of the Warriors. And I just don't think it's fair to count those championships as now he's like so great. You know, because he won two championships when really any good player who was in the NBA at that time could have two championships if they went and filled that roster spot, filled that salary cap space on the Warriors at that time. And I just feel like, like, you have to ask yourself, honestly, if Harden goes and wins two championships on the Warriors, does he get to be a top 15 player ever just because he won those two titles? Or does he have to do something like actually on his own? And I don't think that Durant's ever been on his own. He's been on great teams when he's not on the Warriors. And, and, and being with, on a team with Harden and Kyrie Irving, like, I understand that, like, things went wrong. But you can't say, like, oh, that wasn't enough. Like, that's exactly the kind of team that you need, uh, in my perspective. And I just don't think it's really <clears throat> fair to say that, that he's one of the greatest players. Yeah, I mean, Durant's been one of the best two players in the league for 10 years, which is something Harden's never done. It's something Hakeem never did. Kobe never did. 
a lot of those guys were never that good for that long. Yeah, he was one of the three best players in the league. But Curry and LeBron were better than him for 10 years. Curry's never been like that good for 10 years. But it hasn't. The results aren't great. Like, even Kawhi won a championship with Pascal Siakam. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kawhi won a championship. These guys have won. Like, I just don't think Durant has won a championship, and he's been on way better teams than these other guys who have won championships with way less. I mean, I think if you went year by year, like, starting in 2012, shouldn't have won that. 2013 through 2015, either Durant was hurt or Westbrook was hurt. And the team, other than those two guys, weren't very good. 2016, yeah, they were up 3-1. They probably should have won. But the Warriors won 73 games. And then you just fast forward to the last two seasons, and he blew it. But, like, that's not, you know, he didn't really have a great chance other than 2016. He probably should have just not. If he stayed on the Thunder, he wins a title, I'm convinced. And he's like consensus top 10. Yeah. I would, I think that would have been good for him. I agree. It would have been nice. Curry would have been more fun for like five years. Yeah. Okay. That's the, uh, that's the end of Durant corner. Do you want to do, how are you feeling about this? Uh, C- big CB three game. Big, we got it. Charlie's a huge CB three fan. His entire legacy is on the line tonight. What do we think? No, he's, he's old. I think you got to look at these as old man games and anything he does now is cherry on the top. So he was old last year when he took, when he was the best player on a finals team. He was old, but that's okay. just, these are cherry. These are, these are, these are whipped cream years. These aren't the cake, you know, these are just extras bonuses, but he, nothing he does now really hurts anything from the past. Those things were bad enough on their own volition. I think. Okay. Next, uh, next book in it. Do we want to cover black swan? Sure. Black Swan and Lord of the Rings 2 combo pack. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want to read along, go ahead, catch up, read those two books. And that way you'll be right along with us. Black Swan and Lord of the Rings 2, The Two Towers. I can't think of anything more complimentary. All right. Charlie and Austin, we out.